Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. I'm returning home this morning on uh, Thursday, February 6th. Just been to Ryder Coffee. Heading back home now. Today was um, a little bit of a fast turnaround Ryder Coffee, and it wasn't just me either. Um, Trent had a dentist appointment, so he had to be there at 10.30. We meet at 9.30 these days so that uh, Trent can get enough of his writing done before we descend upon him with chattiness. And uh, I have a conference call at 11, so I needed to get back home for that. So we were... Um, a little bit more on schedule this morning than usual, which isn't a bad thing. Just a little bit different is all. There we go. Just wondering if this light was ever going to turn. Anyway, I did get a little bit of work done this morning before I left, and then listened to Leslie Penelope's My Imaginary Friends podcast on my way writer coffee and was laughing because um, apparently my talking about just now starting my book <laughs> that's due in April is making her twitch. What are you doing dude? You just pulled over in the middle of the street. <laughs> now he's gonna pull a u-turn. Okay. A little bit strange driving this morning. I think he didn't know where he was going. Well, obviously, Jeff, if he pulls over in the middle of the street and then pulls a U-turn, uh, he had changed his mind about where he was going. Uh, so, I do think it's funny, the whole thing about, you know, like what makes us itch hearing about other people's processes. Uh, I am often do signings or other appearances with Dorinda Jones and we <laughs> one time very memorably where I said that because um, we are really complete opposites I am a pantser where she is a plotter okay and now this guy is like straddling the lane <laughs> dude you can't just sit in the middle of the lane he like decided to turn left but he only, you know, like this, um, I'm on St. Mike's, St. Michael's Drive, which is six lanes divided. So he was trying to turn left, which means that he did it by pulling across the near lane of traffic and then sitting in the, the break in the median there to try and get a chance to get out to the traffic going the other way. But it meant that the third lane, he was had his truck sitting across it. Uh, always a risk that's not something that I do I I don't know is that even legal to do that to like just sort of pull halfway across the street you know some streets you just don't try to turn left on right you do you you turn right and then do a u-turn oh well it's it's sort of like my um my mantra with other people's relationships is I, I always say you know it's not my relationship it's not my relationship Sort of the not not my circus, not my monkeys version of 
um, existing with other people. It's like, okay, you know, you make your choices and you live with them, right? Doesn't mean I can't yell at the other drivers. It's our secret. So anyway, with Dorinda, um, she is such a plotter because she does like a, she'll do a hundred page outline for a book and she'll spend months doing her outline and then a week or two writing the actual novel. Uh, whereas I am obviously what they call a pantser. I write for discovery. I find out the story as I write it and as it unfolds. And so when we are at things together, and this one time I'm thinking of in particular where she was talking about her outline and, <clears throat> and we're, we're, we're opposites in so many ways. She said, you know, that she outlines and outlines and then her writing process is she writes at night when everybody else is asleep. Whereas I can't write an outline and I pants all my way through it. And I said, and I like to have my writing done you know, by one or two in the afternoon if I can because that's you know when my creative process is freshest and as she was talking I'd said oh it gives me hives hearing you talk about this outline that you work on for months and then when I started talking about trying to get done by two and you know just sort of letting the story unfold as I write and she was like over there shuddering and she goes no I have the hives so I think this is a very natural thing my point and I do have one is that I think this is a very natural th way for all of us to respond when we hear about a process that is not ours and does not work for us that it does um, it feels uncomfortable for a reason because it is a suit that does not fit um, you know it's sort of like a the rhinoceros's skin that's been uh, stretched out and filled with breadcrumbs and it is not the thing that um, fits us like our natural skin would. Um, and it's funny because before Leslie mentioned that it was making her twitch hearing that I just now start, I have started the book now. I started it this morning. You'll be happy to know, Leslie. And I've got a couple pages written now. And I'll explain why it was this morning in a minute. I want to tell you guys to remind me, but you can't. <laughs> but I will endeavor to remember to come back to that point. Um, oh, now I lost my train of thought. Okay, back up. So, oh, when Leslie was talking about her, her this week's podcast, and I'll link to it, she is going through trying to reconstruct a scene. And, and one of the things that she did to try to figure out this scene was like go back to these whole things with like um, detailing character arcs and character interviews. And see, that kind of thing makes me twitch. Uh, the idea of spending a couple of days uh, working on like character interviews just it, it does make me twitch <laughs> it gives me hives um, it, it would be incredibly frustrating I, I hate things like character interviews because to me that always feels like displacement work it feels like not writing uh, and you know and I'm I'm always big on only writing counts as writing 
So that's part of where my process comes from. That I don't really feel like I've accomplished anything if I'm doing anything that's tangential to writing like that. Whereas I'm perfectly aware that that is something that another writer like Leslie needs to do. And that's why I come back around to know what your process is. Find out what your process is and own it. Do it to the maximum of your ability. And, you know, we can learn things from each other. I think it's good to listen to each other. And maybe we get ideas from that. I think it's really cool that um, Leslie got the idea to do pre-orders through her website and so forth uh, from me. And I'm, I'll be interested to hear how that works. And I will report in on mine. You know, it was interesting because as soon as I got that Amazon pre-order up, I had um, like a dozen pre-orders via Amazon immediately, <laughs> like right away. And so I think it's interesting, you know, those are the people who want to buy through Amazon and have it delivered. I hadn't considered that I could use something like Leslie's using that would deliver the books, um, which is an interesting thought that that would help keep people from having to sideload books. So I'll contemplate that. But at any rate, I think part of the reason why I can plan on writing a book in a couple of months is, yes, I do know how long it takes me to write a book. And I can pretty much draft a book in 50 to 60 working days. And, and really, I've got... I've got three months, right? Because it's today is February 6th, so March 6th, April 6th. Um, well, okay, I guess I've got two months and one week. I could, I could just see Leslie pounding our hands on the table going, no, it's two months, that's all you've got. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I can do it. I think I can. I think I can. Um, I think part of the reason why it's faster for me to draft a book is because I don't stop to research and I don't stop to even think about it. I just let it flow out. And I think that is the advantage of, of writing in this way is that it's um, a very intuitive way of storytelling and I don't stop to think about it. I think one reason why The Fate of the Tala took me a long time to write is because I did have to think about so much. Or maybe I didn't have to, but I ended up thinking about so much. And, you know, that, that's a downside. I'm hoping that I won't do that on The Promised Queen. Um, that said, I'd hope to start on Monday. And those of you listening to the podcast from Monday and Tuesday know I ended up just doing so much business stuff. Excuse me. At least I remembered to cover the mic. I ended up doing so much busy work business stuff on Monday and Tuesday. I always forget how much it takes to get a book out there. So I got all of that work done. Um, the book is out on the website if you want to buy it there. If you pre-ordered, you should have gotten an email telling you that you can go sideload it. Um, 
It is up for pre-order everywhere except for Google Play. And I will put it up on Google Play probably on Saturday, late Saturday, because I've got Lyra on Saturday. And then you can pre-order everywhere now and it will release on Saturday. So you can do it that way. Uh, those of you who ordered signed print copies, I have uploaded the print version to Ingram. And so it will start distributing to the print retailers via Ingram. Uh, but for those of you who wanted the signed print copy, I have to wait for those to be delivered to my house. So they'll, I'll probably have them by the end of next week. And I'll try to turn those around as fast as I can. I'll sign those, personalize whatever you asked for and get those into the mail. So I ended up doing a lot of that on Monday and Tuesday and then I thought okay yesterday I was gonna go ahead and get to work <coughs> and I just noped out. Um, I wasn't feeling great yesterday morning. I felt like I had kind of a like a flu virus or something working on me. I just felt really depleted and felt like I had a little bit of wind invasion as the Chinese put it. David gave me some herbs and I hit some stuff. You know there is so much flu going around and I thought oh and I just felt like I wanted to go back to bed. So I decided well I'm just gonna take the day off. I'm gonna take a, a sick day or a wellness day and just relax and finish reading Aurora Blazing uh, which I was really enjoying and I did I, I say was I, I enjoyed it all the way to the end and I finished it but you know what's funny was is as soon as I decided that I was gonna go ahead and take the day off I felt much better <laughs> I didn't feel sick anymore at all I felt um, pretty bright and energized but I did I just spent the whole day reading for pleasure and it was um, it felt just delicious you know the way that like a vacation can feel delicious and so I think I had really just needed a day off, um, especially since I had worked all through the weekend, right? So uh, something to be aware of that when I can work through a weekend, I really needed to get all those things done, but then I do need to um, remember to give myself a day. And so then this morning I felt fine. I, I woke up and got to it. And I was able to uh, get quite a few words done before writer coffee. I'll get more done later. So I'm feeling good about things. Uh, getting that flow ramped up. I did email with editor Jenny and she said I could send her the pages for Monday <clears throat> for the excerpt. And she said that, and if it was too much pressure, Jenny is just awesome. Jenny Conway is my editor at St. Martin's. And I, she's my favorite editor that I've worked with so far. But she said, you know, and if it's too much pressure, we can just put an ad for book three at the back of Fiery Crown and not worry about it. And I said, okay, great. Then I'm going to send whatever I have for Monday. And and I said, and if, if we decide that the pages suck, then we can do the ad. And she said, 
she said, that sounds like a good plan, but I know the pages aren't going to suck. They're going to be awesome, and I can't wait to read them. She's so cool. So um, it, it really helped have that pressure taken off. That's, boy, the thing about the creative self, right, is it just does not respond to pressure. The other thing we did um, last night that was really fun was we watched a movie called Wild Rose. And it's, David found it. I, I think we rented it for like $3 or something. It's almost been on Amazon Prime um, or on Amazon, not Prime. <laughs> but it's about a Scottish woman in Glasgow who wants to be a country singer. And her passion in life is to get to Nashville. And I highly recommend this movie. It was an amazingly well done movie. There were a lot of the themes about what kind of sacrifices are you willing to make for your art. But maybe because it was a Scottish movie and the, the actress who plays Rose Lynn is an Irish actress born in Killarney, which now I've been to. So that was fun to see that. But And, and people had really praised her Scottish accent. And I'm no connoisseur, but her Scottish accent was amazing. And she she's you know been in jail for a year and she's got two young kids and and she has this dream you know then being in jail you know really screwed up her dream right really set her back you know and so we so often see stories like this that are like you know well you know you have this dream and what are you willing to sacrifice for the dream? But I think it being a Scottish movie like that, uh, they were really unflinching about, about the trade-offs that her making sacrifices in order to have her dream meant that she was taking away from her children in a very real and painful way. And it was, um, it was really cool to see her choices and to see how hard it was. Uh, David and I were both just kind of blown away by this movie. And I think that that's... Okay, I'm at the house. I'm going to go in here. I have to leave my car running because of my old lady ways. The, the Jags battery drains down. I know I've talked about this before. And I have to... Um, <laughs> apparently if you start the car then it should run for at least 20 minutes before you can make up the the battery that you've taken to start it especially with a car that takes a lot of battery charge to start like the Jag does so even leaving it running in the driveway works which you know I, I never understood that until my camp mechanic explained it so I leave it run for a little while and go in the house and get ready here. But it was, um, I think it's important to remember when we talk about, you know, oh, it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, you need to sacrifice for your, if you want something, you have to make a sacrifice for it. Art requires sacrifice. And I think maybe it's an American thing that we, <laughs> you know, think about sacrifice in terms of that that means, oh, 
you know, like maybe you go without cable television or, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, if you decide, oh, you want to be a writer, then maybe you don't have such an elaborate lifestyle. Whereas real sacrifice, like deciding whether or not to have children, and that's something Leslie Penelope has talked about too, you know, like being happily childless by choice. Um, you know, that, that that's different than if you decide you can't, you simply can't do something that you have to give it up. And that's the thing, you know, that the real sense of sacrifice is that it is incredibly painful. And and I thought this movie did a nice job of showing that this was painful, that she was facing very painful choices. Uh, it's very, very well done. All right. And with that, I am going to sign off and get ready for this call. I hope you all have an excellent Thursday. First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You can find more podcasts you will love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.